Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The demon-possessed man recognized that these Jewish exorcists who are trying to cast him out. He had no power, no authority at all. He just jumps on him and defeats him and humiliates him. This is important for all of us. When you're facing these kind of things, you can't do this in your own sense. There's no way to defeat Satan and his demons in my own power. Well, I'm the senior pastor. Who cares? Well, I have a Bible degree. Who cares? I need the power of God in me. The authority. I've been given that authority. But you don't play with this. Heresies and cults have always threatened the church. When falsehoods are exposed, the church must do all it can to defend the truth. In his epistle to the Galatians, Paul is defending the truth of Christianity against false theology. Satan will use this to deceive people to believe what is untrue. He may use his demons to appear as angels to someone to give them a message, when in reality he is giving them a message of lies and deception. We must be on guard against such evil and know the difference between the voice of God and the voice of Satan. Now, in the book of Galatians, chapter 1, verse 6, here's Pastor Mark with our continuing study entitled, Angels, Demons, and People. He's not against you. Is it always going to be perfect? Of course not. Hello. Look at us. I'm going to give you one more. This is why I don't want you to email me. Then I'm going to show you the scripture that proves all this. There is some danger in some video games. Not all video games. So parent, don't go home and say to your 14-year-old, we're taking every video game and smashing it. Pastor Mark said it's demons. I didn't say that. Did you hear me? But... If the video games you're playing are violent and you're chopping heads off and killing, where do you think our kids in school walk into a cafeteria and go, because they've been deceived by the video game. Now, that's not just for kids. Some of you adults play this and there's blood everywhere and people. And and then when we see ISIS, you you see the picture the other day, one of the great countries in in the Middle East, a park where kids come, beautiful city. ISIS had all the soldiers laid out that they just killed in the park. And the kids come by and there they are laying out and their heads are on the post of every part. Now, where did that come from? Came from the same person that made the video game that says, chop my head up, kill, 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 kill. Hey, this is great. No, it isn't great. It's demonic. Satan's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Be careful what you... See, what we watch, what we think, we become. So be careful. Now, why did I say to stay away from the occult? Because God told us to stay away from the occult. This is not a Calvary Chapel deal. Look at Deuteronomy. Here it is. 
Do not let Deuteronomy 18.10. Do not let your people practice lifestyle. You, may, you read a horoscope three years ago. Oh, I guess I'm possessed. Forget it. It's a lifestyle. It's, you're, you're playing with it. It's becoming part of you. Do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Would you say that's pretty clear? It doesn't say play around with it. It doesn't say, ah, what's the big deal? No, it's, a, it's an entranceway into the demonic. But the world doesn't know. Going down and offering gifts to the devil and then coming up and worshiping God. It's a disaster. They need to know the truth. Now, when we talk about demons and devils, there's always a dichotomy. Everything that God brings, when God brings a truth, it's right here. Satan wants to take it to two extremes, crazy over here and crazy over here. So let's think about it. Let me read to you C.S. Lewis. There are two and equal opposite errors in which our race can fall about devils. One is to disbelieve in devils and demons. So you're over here, and you might be watching me. You're listening to me this morning. And you're on one of the campuses. I'm talking about devils and demons. I don't believe in that stuff at all. What are you, crazy? So you're over here. Now, who put you there? Satan put you there. He's saying, don't listen to that guy. That's stupid. That's some biblical crazy stuff. There's no such thing as a devil. So here they are. And here's the second, here's the other one. And the other is to believe and feel an excessive, unhealthy interest in them. So over here is, everything's a devil. Look real strange at your neighbor right now. Maybe I'm sitting next to a demon this morning. Look at him. Look at him. Some of you are a little scared right now, aren't you, as you look at those people. Here's another thing. We get unhealthy. There's a demon behind every tree. And when you go to the parking lot this morning and you walk around your car, is there one here? Hurry, 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 hurry. Let's get in before the demon gets us. Now, I'm making fun. Do you see the two extremes? Nothing to do with Satan. They're everywhere. I can't stand it. In the middle is the truth. They're real. It's personal. And it affects you. And it affects me. Now, watch in verse 11. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. He's come into the city. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick. And their illnesses were cured. Watch the last line. And evil spirits left them. Now, this is unusual miracles. And this is these, these sweatbands were simply points of contact. Today kind of false evangelist, they'll send you in the mail. I, I prayed over this cloth, I've anointed it, send me $100 and put this on somebody and they'll be healed. That's foolishness. Paul didn't ask for any of that. Remember one day Jesus was walking and Jesus said this, whoa, somebody touched me. And the disciples said, what do you mean somebody? There's a thousand people around you. He said, no, 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 somebody touched me. And it was a woman who believed. She, she had to touch Jesus to get healed. She didn't have to. But it was a a point of contact, and she was healed. 
That's why sometimes we, we anoint with oil. There'll be people praying at all of our campuses at the end of the service. And we anoint with oil. It's not the oil. It, it's not the person. It's God. It's just a, a point of contact that we do. So Paul's doing these amazing things. And when, when God begins to change lives, here, can you imagine in the town? Here's the word now. Man, demons are coming out of these people in town. And so it spreads. And when God begins moving, guess who steps up to the plate? Satan. When I arrived on Tuesday into Guatemala, the team came through Miami. I just came through Orlando and had to wait for them. The pastor uh, of the church we're working with, he just said to me, man, we've had all kind of demonic stuff happen before you got here. And he just started naming things. The water at the church broke down and blah, 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 blah all of these kind of things. So he, he lists all these things. I'm saying to myself, this is going to be a great time in Guatemala. <laughs> because what's that mean? God's, God's going to overcome what Satan wants to do to try to stop us. You see, there's, this is the warfare I'm talking about. It's real. Now, verse 13. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those, read it with me, say it with me, who were demon-possessed. And they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. These Jews, we, we don't know... They were practicing getting rid of demons. We don't know why they were doing it. If they had the right motive, of course, they really couldn't do it. Uh, They didn't have the power of God. Whether it was deception from Satan, we just don't know their motives. But they saw the success of Paul. And so they said, how did Paul do that? He he added this formula in the name of Jesus. So they're going to add that formula. They didn't understand that Paul's power to heal and drive all demons didn't come from the formula. It came from a relationship with the power of the Holy Spirit in him. They didn't get it. Now look at verse 14. Seven sons of Siva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. So here's a group of seven. They're trying to get evil spirits out of people. One day, as they're working with the man, the evil spirits answered them. Jesus, I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Now, if you hear that kind of stuff, get to the church quickly. We'll take care of you. (laughs) But notice, notice what was being said. Jesus, I know, to know by interaction and experience. Paul, I know, to know about or to understand. These demons, or this demon, all demons, know Jesus. They know about him. Now, isn't that interesting? This demon knew about Jesus. Do you know that demons are smarter? And don't laugh. Understand how horrible this is. Demons are smarter than unbelievers. Demons know Jesus is real. Unbelievers doubt Jesus. Did you understand that? See, in the real world, the demons know exactly who Jesus is. They know their outcome. They know they can't beat him. They know where they're going. They always obey him. And unbelievers are deceived. But even though they know Jesus about him, they don't know him as a personal savior. Now, I want to speak to some of you on our campuses. This is a huge principle. Many good people, church-going people even, will end up separated from God in hell because they didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. The Jesus they knew 
is the Jesus I preach about. Oh, I believe in Jesus. I hear that a lot from you. Oh, I believe in Jesus. The, the, the Jesus they know is the, the, the Jesus their spouse believes in. Or the, the, the Jesus that they learned about as a child. But they've never had a real relationship personally with Jesus. At the end of the service, if that's the Jesus you know, you'll never get to heaven. You say, well, I believe in him. Demons believe in him. In fact, they shudder. You have to have a personal relationship with him. Understand how important it is. One day, Matthew 7, I don't have time to go there. Jesus said to all these people, they came to him and said, we did all these things. We cast out demons in your name. And Jesus said, I never knew you. I didn't have a personal relationship. Depart from me forever. Deceived into thinking. If that's you this morning, you know about Jesus but you've never confessed your sins, you don't have a personal relationship with him, you have no chance of going to heaven. It's huge. It's deception. Now, notice as we walk all the things that are happening here. This is a principle I want you to write down this morning. Not just for people that don't know him, but for us who are witnessing. Because usually the way an unbeliever gets away from us or gets us off of their case is they'll just say, oh, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus. We have to dig a little deeper. Here's what you know right this morning. You can know about Jesus and yet not be a Christ follower. Now, the demon knew Paul. Demons know us. They know our weaknesses. They know how to tempt us. Satan knew how to tempt exactly Jesus in the wilderness. But I don't have to worry that demons know about me and know my weaknesses. You know the verse. Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. Just turn to your neighbor and say this morning, no fear, no fear, no fear right now. Just uh, no fear. Don't have to be afraid because I have God in me. He doesn't rent rooms. Hallelujah. All right. Acts nineteen sixteen. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and he overpowered them. What's the last word? One man overpowered seven men. Wasn't the man. It was a demon in the man. Remember I told you? Extraordinary. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Can you imagine the 6 p.m. news? Jewish magicians streaked naked and wounded through the streets. You laugh, but that's exactly what God's going to use. That's exactly what God's going to use. Now, when you see that, notice what happened there. The demon-possessed man recognized that these Jewish exorcists who were trying to cast him out, they had no power, no authority at all. So he just jumps on them and defeats them and humiliates them. This is important for all of us. When you're facing these kind of things, you can't do this in your own sense. There's no way to defeat Satan and his demons in my own power. Well, I'm the senior pastor. Who cares? Well, I have a Bible degree. Who cares? I need the power of God in me. The authority. I've been given that authority. But you don't play with this. Now, when you begin seeing that, watch what happens next. When this became known, the evening news, to all the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were seized with what? Fear. Because they went, "Uh uh-oh. This is a real deal. This isn't playing with a horoscope. This is real demons. One man defeats seven men? And when this happened, they were all seized with fear. And watch this. This is what I'm praying for in our communities. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Could you say amen? Amen. See, we're here to make God look good. And when these seven exorcists 
were exposed for fraud. The name of Jesus was magnified. That's why we're here today. I can't change anybody, but God can change anybody and bring a change of life to them. Now watch what happens in verse 18. Now many of those who believed now openly confessed their evil deeds. And a number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. So we have at least a couple groups of people. When this incident happened, God had made this impact. We have people who may not have been believers yet. Wow, they came to believe. And many of these were probably brand new believers. And they didn't realize, whoa, I'm not supposed to play with this? I'm getting this stuff out of my house. And then we have others, they were Christians, but when they saw what happened, they'd been lukewarm. One of the great tools that Satan uses for all of us is compromise. So they're they're trying to live in the world, dabble over here a little, and in Christianity over here. So that shook them up, and they all publicly decided to make a change. Now, why did this happen? You need to understand when God came to live in you, why he came to live in you. Not just to change your life, but to change the world's life. Compromise ruins that. Look at the verse we have. It's powerful. Titus 2.14. He, Jesus, gave his life, say the word, to free us. See, if you're serving Satan. If you're in the kingdom of Satan, you're in bondage. Jesus said this, he who has a lifestyle of sin is in bondage to sin. Every other unbelief I've ever talked to say, I don't serve Satan. I'm not certain. I do not serve Satan. They're deceived. They're deceived. But he who the son sets free is free indeed. But see, they don't get it. But notice what Titus tells us. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin. Nothing too difficult for God. To cleanse us, to make us his very own people under new management, totally committed, aha, to doing good deeds. Write this down this morning. A Christ follower is to be different, not weird, different, and live different. You can't compromise. You you can't be lukewarm. The Holy Spirit, when he moved into us, he's growing us to be like Christ. We're to say no to the things of the world. We're to say yes to the things of God. We're to get rid of habits and lifestyles, anything that keeps us from being useful. The book of Hebrews says the sin that so easily besets it, the weight that impedes our witness, our life, for God. Now notice what the, that was exactly what was happening. They bring all this stuff, the books, the occult items, and notice what they do with it. They don't put it on, on, on Craigslist to sell it. What do they do with it? They burn it. They burn it. They get rid of it. Powerful. They voluntarily confessed and made a clean break with sin. Sometimes we don't understand what's required. Would you write this down this morning? Spiritual freedom and power come from real repentance. It's not a fake. It's real repentance. In other words, getting rid of that sin in your life. Verse 20 is one of my favorite verses. Look at it. 
in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. In what way? When Christians, new or even older Christians, they had a clean break with a habit or a sinful lifestyle. When that happened, they, they repented, they submitted, and then what, what does God do? It absolutely spreads Christianity. Understand this. When, the, when the, all the believers in the church, that's what God wants for you and that's what he wants for me. When all the believers in the church get real, admit they need help and get rid of something and, and get pure, the church gets larger. That's what we want for all of our campuses. That's why we're here. We're not here to play games. We, we have to quit trying to live in the world. We have to understand that God wants to confess us to confess and get real with him and allow the spirit to minister to us you and i as believers we sometimes forget what really happened to us when you became a christian this is a history of what happened to you when you became a christian take a look now some of you aren't christians yet but i'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment look at this colossians 1:13 for he has rescued us. You couldn't rescue yourself from sin. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. And he transferred us in the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Can I hear it? Amen. See, you can't work your way to God. He has to rescue you. He does that through you admitting you need to be rescued. Pastor Mark, I don't need to be rescued. No, if you're not a Christian, you're in bondage to Satan. Oh, I'm not. Then you're deceived. It's as simple as that. That's exactly what Jesus says. And I'm going to do two things at the end of the service right now. You can put your Bibles away. We're going to allow God to deal with our hearts toward the end. I want everybody to pay attention to me. I'm going to do two different things. What we just studied this morning is real. You will live in... One of two locations when you die. See, nobody, it's interesting to me that nobody ever argues that they're going to die. <laughs> That's a given. But where are you going to spend eternity? There's only two kingdoms. Kingdom of God, heaven. Kingdom of Satan, hell. You have a choice. God wants to rescue you. See, right now, he doesn't live inside you. So you can be oppressed. You can be deceived. You don't have any power to overcome sin. And this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. Second whole thing that I'll do after that, don't leave me campuses. The second thing I'm going to do, I'm going to ask many Christians, you're going to heaven, you're already born again. But there's a habit, there's a sin, there's something that's impeding your walk with God. And, and with our heads bowed, you're going to just stand and God's going to free you of that this morning. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. I don't want to be hampered. I want to go full on for God and so do you. What an encouraging message. Satan may try to attack Christ's followers, but that's all he can do. He cannot possess those who believe in Jesus Christ. Light and darkness cannot coexist. Christ's followers have been bought with a price, and that price was the blood of Jesus Christ. Satan will never give up on trying to make you fall, but God promises to protect us. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we will talk about winning the battle of ongoing temptation. This is one topic that we all can relate to. Saying no to our favorite fast food restaurant or eating that caramelized glazed donut with bacon? (laughs) Jesus told his disciples that there will always be temptations, but we can defeat temptation through Jesus. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons for this.